Hello and welcome to episode 67 of the Corinne Ninja podcast. This podcast is where I share people's incredible stories of recovery after adopting a low-fat, whole-food, plant-based diet. And today is no exception. As always, I am bringing to you someone whose story is incredible and who is super passionate about sharing this message with as many people as possible across the world. His name is Eric Adams, and he's the president of Brooklyn Borough in the United States. And it was just fantastic to speak to Eric and hear his story. Now, I don't want to go too much into it because he's just a great speaker and I want you to get to get all the information from him himself, from the man himself. So all I will say is his story is about re- reversing type 2 diabetes and, and, and the work that he's doing in his community to help educate people and support people around, you know, including more plant-based foods into their lifestyles. And obviously the end goal is to help lower the rates of chronic disease across across his community and also across the planet, which is wonderful. Before we go in, just in case you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, I'll say it again. It is, if it's the first time you're listening, it comes out twice a week on Sundays slash Mondays and Thursdays slash Fridays, that's Australian time. So if you're in the States, you'll get it a day early or in you know, other places where the time differences are <laughs> different. Australia is in the future. Also, you can follow the podcast on social media. My Facebook page, Corinne Nidja, which is uh, the same on Instagram and Twitter, which is Corinne, C-O-R-I-N-N-E, Nidja, N-I-J-J-E-R. Now, This episode has show notes, which are available over at my website, which is www.corinneninja.com. And you can find this episode and check out Eric's incredible before and after photos. If you haven't gone back and looked through the show notes that are available there, there are 67 episodes if you're listening to this podcast in real time. Um, Available and some incredible before and after photos for you to check out, especially if you're feeling like, oh, well, I don't think any of these people can quite possibly have been as unwell as what I am right now. There is a variety of people and their before and afters in the show notes and there's bits of their stories in the show notes as well if you don't want to go back and listen to all 67 episodes of the show. There is so much information to be to be taken away from the stories just in the show notes themselves. So feel, feel free to go back and look on them. You can comment um, on them. And if uh, I see the comments, then I'll write back and answer any questions that you might have. And obviously this podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, which was iTunes. And so if you're, if you're there and you have time to leave this podcast a kind review or a five-star rating, that really helps with our search rankings, which is super important in getting this message out to as many people as possible, um, which I'm obviously very, very passionate about. And you'd be doing me a huge service if you would um, take the time to leave a review and a five-star rating over at Apple Podcast or Stitcher app for Android. They're the two places it's available currently. There are audio, 22 episodes of audio over at Corinne Ninja YouTube channel. That is a work in progress and I know that I've been saying that for so long. It's just our internet is so bad <laughs> and it's just something that I've been putting off. But I, there's 22 episodes that are all really fantastic over on YouTube now that you can listen to. 
Eventually, there'll be video and bits and pieces coming up there, but that is going to be a project for 2019. So watch that space if you haven't yet subscribed to the YouTube channel. It's going to grow and become really good, I promise. If you're not yet a member of the plant-based and thriving Facebook group. That's my Facebook group. I post in there recipes, tips, questions, support, you know, offerings, all those kinds of things. Obviously the latest podcast episode. So if you haven't yet joined that group, it's pretty much for anyone who's wanting to make the transition or curious about making the transition or wanting a little bit more information or support. It's a great space just to kind of get to some more resources and hang out and just check out what's going on in the plant-based world, any articles that come out, recipes, all those kinds of things. And obviously you can message me and check in with me and on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter and I'll be happy to answer your questions. Or you can send me an email at the contact section of my website as well and I reply to everyone and I love getting messages. And I just wanted to say now, I'm going to start doing this because I think it's really important and I know I always say that I listen, I read everyone's reviews over at Apple Podcasts and I love them so much and they make my day. They absolutely do make my day. I'm going to start reading some of the reviews, just like one, two a week, just because I love getting them and I want the people who wrote them to know that I'm super, super grateful to them for taking the time to write that. So I really wanted to thank Adam Guthrie from the I Feel Good magazine. And I Feel Good, he's an incredible plant-based chef. So if you haven't checked him out, thank you so much, Adam. He wrote on the review, inspiring podcast, five stars. If you need inspiration and or education about living a healthy, whole food, plant-based diet, then this is a great podcast to be subscribed to. Thank you for creating such a great resource for those wanting and needing to improve their health. Thank you so much, Adam, for writing that. Melissa Sexton, wrote thank you and gave the podcast five stars. And she said, so great to listen to these hopeful, positive stories, spreading a powerful message. Thanks for sharing your story and helping others see hope. A plant-based diet really is the way to go for the animals, our health, and the future of the planet. Kiss, hug. Thank you so much, Melissa, for writing that review. That was over a year ago, but I will just keep chipping away at them. I'm so grateful to getting reviews like that for this podcast. It just makes it feel... Like people are listening and people are benefiting from listening to these stories and from me doing the work that I do in sharing this podcast. So every time I get a new review over at Apple Podcasts, you know, it makes my heart, you know, it makes my day. I get so excited because this is just something that I'm so passionate about. But when you don't know if anyone's listening as far as, or, or if they're enjoying it, you know, it can be a bit, you know, like I'm just a woman in Upway, <laughs> Victoria, talking to, people online and recording it and putting it out into the universe and without people's comments and reviews and participation in this dialogue it does feel like perhaps you're you're not doing anything meaningful so it's lovely to get those reviews from people and people that I really respect and admire telling me that they think I'm doing a good job and this podcast is helping people so thank you all for taking the time to do that and thank you all for listening and I really hope that you enjoy listening to Eric's story today because he said some incredible things and I'm just going to say one of them right now, which is my favourite thing that he said. He said, actually, I'm going to leave it for last. So keep listening and I'll just repeat it at the end. (laughs) All right. Have a great day. Enjoy episode 67. Well, hello, Eric, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and hello from 
of Brooklyn, USA. Hello. I'm so glad that you agreed to come on the show and share your story because I first saw your story over at the Forks Over Knives webpage and I thought this story is so great and I think that people who are listening are going to get so much inspiration out of hearing what what you've gone through and I've given you a little bit of an introduction in the introduction of this episode so I would love it if you could just launch in and just share your story with us. I would love to. It's, it's, it has been an exciting journey and I, you know, I just want to really start off by saying that there is nothing special about me. It is really a story that anyone who's going through a traumatic illness or chronic disease, they can, you know, sit in at this microphone and talk about their uh, recovery or their stabilizing, you know, whatever uh, disease that they're dealing with. And so I'm hoping that by hearing uh, what happened to me and my family, that it will inspire others. And this journey started in 2016, really after seeing mother inject herself with insulin, I had a desire to see if I could do something uh, to help her. Uh, you know, I'm extremely close to my mother. And as faith will have it, several months later, while I was abroad, I was having pain in my stomach. And it turned out that what I thought was colon cancer was not. It was an ulcer. And I was experiencing the late stages of diabetes. I did not know I was diabetic at the time, like so many Americans and people on the global sta stage don't know that they're diabetic or pre-diabetic. And so I decided that I wanted to do something about it. I was told by the doctors here that I would be on insulin the rest of my life. Uh, at that stage, I was losing my sight. I lost most of my sight in my left eye. I was losing sight in my right eye. And I had permanent nerve damage in my hands and feet due, due to the diabetes and the late stages of it, as well as I had an ulcer and just some other health-related issues. And when you look at my before and after picture, you'll see that for the most part, I, you know, I look like the average American, but in reality, I had to, I had to do what I always state. I had to take an internal selfie to look at some of the health crises from the long-term American diet, how it was impacting uh, my life. After the doctors told me there was not much they can do, that I was on the traditional slope of what my mother was experiencing, that I decided to do something, I like to say extremely scientific. I went to Google and Google reversing diabetes. <laughs> and, and all of this information came up and one of the most attractive story that I read in information was from Dr. Dr. Esselton, who we call affectionately Dr. Essie. He was in Ohio. He treated, he treated Bill Clinton uh, for his heart disease. I called him and he shared with me that he will see me if I fly to Ohio to see him. That's about a, a three hour flight from Brooklyn, New York. I took an early morning flight out and I had an opportunity to, to see him and some of his former patients. And he told me that I could put my diabetes in remission if I would just change my lifestyle. I, I, I You could only imagine hearing that ray of hope, although you had a, I had a level of 
uh, pessimism because I, you know, I, I was brainwashed to believe that the term reversal did not exist in diseases. And to hear someone so matter-of-factly say that you could change the status of your disease was just so foreign to me. But I was willing to try. I did not want to, did not want to surrender. As you know, when you get a chronic disease, it hijacks your life. And I just refused to believe that I had to be on medicine the rest of my life. I, that did not resonate with me. And, and so when I returned to the city, I started immediately cleaning out my cupboards. And part of my flight down to Ohio, I discovered a great book by Dr. Gregor, How Not to Die. I read that book and I was just blown away of what I was reading. It was like the floodgates of information just opened and was just ready. And I was just ready to receive it. And from reading the information, I returned to the city and Forks Over Knives had a great meal plan. And it just gave me step by step directions on what to get out of my closet, what to eat. That was so important because you can be bombarded with all of this information that you just you just don't know because it's conflicting information. And so I just decided that I'm going to put my commitment on Forks Over Knives. I saw the, the movie, for, the documentary Forks Over Knives. <clears throat> I had the meal plan. I had the seven day plan on, you know, how to change your your breakfast, your lunch, your dinner. And I just really just threw myself in it. And three weeks after going on a whole food plant-based diet, my vision cleared up and my sight returned. And three months after, the my A1C reversed, my cholesterol reversed, my blood pressure normalized, my PSA normalized, the ulcer went away that I had in my stomach. The nerve damage in my hands and feet went away. And it was just a complete reversal. And and it, and it just put me on in, in, in a, an amazing journey of not only how I was able to help myself, but my mother followed me this month, I mean this year. And after two months going whole food plant-based, she was able to get off her insulin and just start a more healthy lifestyle. Oh, that's so good. Mother is 80 years old. Oh, I love those stories. That's wonderful. So we are we are excited because so many people because of my position as borough president, which is the largest municipal municipality in the city, <clears throat> and if it was an independent city, it would be the third largest city in America with 2.6 million people. And extremely diverse, one of the largest uh, Spanish-speaking population, Korean, Chinese, Russian-speaking, uh, from the Caribbean diaspora, African-American, and Middle East countries. We have so much diversity here that people are embracing the lifestyle and they're moving into their own cultures to figure out how do we eat a healthier lifestyle. So. The most important thing that came out of this conversation that I'm sharing with people, it was never our DNA. It was not a life that I had to live. It was the it was the dinner and not the DNA. 
And we want to show people by changing their dinner, their lunch, their breakfast, they can also change their destiny. And it can't it won't be a destiny of illness, but a destiny of wellness. I love that. And so in your community, how as I know, this is a this is a ship that that's hard to turn as far as diet. We're so conditioned to eat and live a certain way um, in Australia, America, England, that t- teaching people and t- teaching people that they have been brainwashed that the way that they were eating was okay and that it had nothing to do with their chronic diseases and that, and that as you say, DNA and genes, genes played the majority of the role, which now you and I both know is incorrect. But how, how do you go about opening people's minds and hearts to this way of eating? Like, how, how are you helping to share that information with your community? By borrowing from some of the traditional methods of dealing with addictions. The big mistake we made is that we believe people eat what they eat because they are lazy or because they don't want to change. We don't respect the addictive behavior of food. And anyone who has ever gone through NA or AA will tell you the first thing you have to do is acknowledge that you are that particular group. I am an alcoholic. I am an addict. Because without that acknowledgement, you can't really start the pathway of turning around what is ailing you. And we have not really respected the addictive behavior of sugar, fat, salt, and processed food and how it is just as addictive as heroin or alcohol or any other addictive action. And so when I approach people, I approach them from a place of understanding that they are addicted. And, you know, you can't go to a heroin addict and try to reason with them saying that, listen, this drug is hurting you. You need to stop. They'll tell you, I want to stop. If I could stop, I would stop. So we need to we need to just as we have a step program to get off drugs, we we need step programs to get people off the addiction of processed food and the foods that are harmful to them. And that is what we do here We do it by first giving them some basic information because I've learned that people need the light at the end of the tunnel. And by using my personal story, at least say this, tell people there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And then we show them how to get to that light. We do uh, 29 day or 10 day challenges. We allow them to see the numbers on their blood works and how it looks um, after they change their lifestyle. We bring people together uh, by utilizing our faith-based institutions uh, to give people the moral support because you you have to have some form of support mechanism in place, you know, to get you through this. Now, there's people like me where you just have to give the instructions to, and probably from my policing background, I'm just used to following whatever the orders are, but there are those who really need you to give them the support. When they stumble, you need to give them the strength to continue on because you're going to hit a bend in the road. And a bend in the road is not the end of the road unless you fail to make the turn. And so we try to make sure people can make the turn 
each time they hit that bend. I love that a bend in the road is not the end of the road. And I think that so many people hit that bend and just go, okay, I'm just going to go back to eating the way that I was eating. This is this is too hard. I haven't got the willpower. And I think you and I both know that it isn't about willpower because it's <laughs> willpower leaves you so quickly. <laughs> you need more than just willpower to keep going when you're trying to make a transition like this. Right. And you and you have to you have to respect that and understanding that food must be good for you, but it also has to look good and it has to taste good. We're hard, hardwired to enjoy taste so that we will eat. That is why we're hardwired. If 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 food if eating was not an enjoyable experience, then we will be extinct. And so the creator made sure that those things that you need for the continuation of the species, that it's enjoyable, you know? And I cannot think of anything more enjoyable than sex and eating. That's right. We enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we like doing both of them. And so, you know, I, I can't make sex tasty, but I can make food tasty. And I show people how to eat good food using their cultural norms, the spices. A lot of people don't realize the reason they enjoy food is because of the spices. They don't enjoy meat because of its blandness. It's the spices. And I like showing people the power of spices, how to use them on healthy food. And the spices are often as healthy as the food that they're eating. And that is how we're going to turn this ocean liner around. Absolutely. So how do people respond? When you, are, they, are they pessimistic like you were when you first start talking to them about this or are they open-minded? I think that is so important because how you deliver this conversation and who's delivering it, influencers play a role. And because of the vulnerable manner that I talk about this, it has allowed people a space where they can be comfortable because I don't come from an elite place. I show my frailties. I show that I'm no different than they are. And I was able to come back. And I think that when you look at places like NA and AA, Alcohol Anonymous, it allowed those who were previously alcoholics to lead the course or those who were previously hooked on narcotics to lead the course. And that is what's happening here. I'm a person that was addicted to bad food. And that is why the conversation is more inviting. I believe if I never experienced what I experienced, that it would be more challenging for me to have this conversation. And so those who were buried with something, such as a health crisis, they learned that they were only planted. And now my city and my borough is going to receive the fruits of that harvest, and we're going to have more healthy people. That is wonderful. I was wondering about, I know that in the, about how, or if it is possible to impact as the president of a borough in the United States, if it's possible to to have an impact on foods in schools and hospitals at all, or is that still too big a 
too big a th- too big a mountain to kind of manage as one as one man. To the contrary, we are so excited on what we are doing that is really catching fire and spreading all across the city. If one was to look at this two years ago and say that we want to make an impact, people would tell us it was impossible. But we're doing just the opposite. Our schools are now now embracing this concept called Meatless Mondays. We have vegetarian schools that I I believe eventually is going to evolve into vegan schools and plant-based schools. Our hospitals are getting ready to announce Meatless Mondays in the largest healthcare system in America. We're we're starting a pilot project in the oldest hospital in America, Bellevue Hospital. We're starting and we're going to open the first whole food plant-based clinic in the hospital where people are going to come in and instead of only having as an option to go the traditional prescription path, they're going to be able to go and learn about stabilizing, if not reversing their diseases. This is just so amazing what we are starting to do. We're now having conversations about put it, placing greenhouses on the rooftops of all of our schools, using hydroponics to grow vegetables, using technologies such as our partnership with Farm Shelf that is teaching young people how to use soilless farming to grow vegetables right inside their classrooms that they're going to distribute to the people in their community. There's a different conversation and we have only just begun and within the next two years, this conversation is going to just take off. And the, what happens here in America, just as America's terrible eating culture has caused a widespread of diseases all across the globe, the style and lifestyle that we're going to do is going to change that here in Brooklyn and is going to also cascade across the globe. People are going to start believing again of being healthy again. Oh, that fills me with such hope and excitement to think that your communities are, you know, building greenhouses on the, you know, on the roof and having piloting a plant-based hot eating program in hospitals and education around disease reversal because, you know, it's, it's something that seems like we're forever, you know, struggling to make a loud enough noise for the medical establishment to, to hear us and to hear the stories that, you know, are coming out, you know, forks over knives in so many, in what the health, in my podcast, in so many other platforms as well. And, and to hear what you're saying about what's happening within your community and the, the way that your enthusiasm is has been so contagious across your community is really hopeful and it makes me so excited about the possibility of a of, uh, even though I, I I am excited anyway but I mean it's even more exciting to think about things changing so rapidly I think it's like you know when you roll a start rolling a ball down a hill you know it's, it, it gradually takes picks up speed until it's it's going you know gains a huge amount amount of momentum and so I'm so excited for for what you're talking about and for this future of healthy people free from chronic disease and the diseases, these lifestyle diseases that are keeping so many of us so sick for so much of our lives. 
And, and, and there was a missing piece in this conversation when you had great activists like yourself and, and, and Rachel and, and Farm Sanctuary and so many others, there was a missing piece. And that was the policymakers, the elected officials, those who push legislation. I think that in order to impact change, you need negotiators, agitators, and you need legislators. Someone needs to be inside at the table that is hearing those agitators and negotiators as they talk about moving the country in the right direction. And we did not have any that were really vocal, folk, vociferous about this topic and being vocal about it. Yes, you have folks like Senator Booker, who was a vegan, and others who, who were, who stood up and stood tall, tall, but there was no one who really said, this is not only a personal lifestyle, but this is a mission that I want to do to heal other families. Uh, this is my calling. I thought that after I finished a very strong policing career where I was an advocate for fair police practices here in the city and in the country, I thought that was the conclusion, but that is nowhere near what we're going to do. And I'm going to use my office here as borough president to make sure that there is a solid advocate in the legislative arm of our country to start pushing these in issues forward. I'm going to reach across the country and, and coalesce with other legislators who have had ideas and bring them to the forefront and we will build a clear partnership across the country that we can actively move things forward. California announced a lawsuit to take processed meat after, out of their schools after the WHO classified it as a type one carcinogen. We are now moving that same type of movement here in New York City of uh, uh, Santa Barbara has did the same form of action. And so we're now seeing a national movement towards really identifying the culprit. We've, we've forcefully accused the wrong culprit for creating this health crisis in our country. And now we're finally picking the right culprit and now we can move towards ensuring that people are healthy. Wow. I'm so excited that you're saying this because I, I, I absolutely agree and becoming more and more aware that we do need more. We just, we do, we've just started to get in Australia, we have a not-for-profit organization called Doctors for Nutrition, which is starting to make more waves and bring this movement into the awareness of medical professionals across Australia, which, which, hasn't, which hasn't really been happening very much outside from, you know, as a, there's a few people, but it's small pockets rather than in America, the, the movement for plant-based eating and disease reversal is much, much larger and it's been established for much, much longer. But hearing about processed meats and, and California announcing a lawsuit to remove them from schools, it's just so important because I, you know, I just posted about this yesterday myself that our schools still have you know, sausage sizzles at every fundraiser. 
you know, we have them at our local hardware stores, sausage, sausage sizzles at our cancer fundraisers, at everything. And it's this information has been out there for a while now that the World Health Organization has listed them alongside smoking and asbestos. And so it's beyond, it seems <laughs> to me, myself and yourself and a lot of the people who are listening, it just seems how can this be that this is still these foods are still being sold to our to our children and our young people and really to anyone in our communities when they they're known to be so very harmful to our health so so true and i think that i always use the sentence that the biggest error we make in communication is that we believe it actually occurred and so although these these reports have been out I think, I believe we have failed to properly communicate it to people. When parents really start to understand that their babies are getting asthma because of the milk that they're drinking, that their babies are obese because of the processed food they're eating, and the overconsumption of sugar, the 13 grams of sugar that's in a glass of milk, the oil, the fat, the meat, how it destroys our ozone layer. When families and parents and the soccer moms of our country really start connecting the dots, you're going to see a different energy. And that is what I must do. I must provide them in bite-sized levels the true story about the food so they can digest it in a proper fashion and take the right action. And so where, where, where do you begin? So you, you have you know, a big platform to influ- influence your community, but where would you say the everyday person, not just me, but the everyday person listening who wants to support their community, where can they begin in giving them the information in a bite size? Because we know that this information does repel and it's confrontational to a lot of people. And, and it's so easy to want to give them a piece of information that you think they're ready for, but they're not ready for it, and you, pu- and you put them off attempting a plant-based diet. So where would you tell someone to begin when, if they wanted to just impact their little town, their local community where they live? Well, first I would, number one, I would meet people where they are and take them where they ought to be and not meet people where I am. And I would start where they are and be kind and compassionate and my desire to help them. Then I would give them some simple information. We are so blessed with the number of excellent documentaries, whole little movie documentary parties at your house, at your, you know, we entertain a lot. Invite some friends over for a forks over knife view, knives viewing, or what to help viewing, or cowspiracy viewing. Invite them over and engage in the conversation. And then bring some nice, tasty, plant-based meals so people can see that it's more than walking around with grass in your pocket or eating tofu, everything. But let people see that there is good-tasting, plant-based food out there and share it. See the power of oat milk, the power of brownies made out of Carab uh, powder, and just let them see that, hey, this is not some strange, weird, hippie sort of lifestyle. 
It is about really making a transformation and engage them in conversation and then give them a challenge. Say, hey, are you bloated every morning? Do you go through feelings of constipation, headache, long menstrual cycles? Do you have somebody in your family who's diabetic? Try this for three months. That's it. Go tell, take your blood work in the beginning of the three months period and then three months later, come back. So if they do that, then and they believe in it, not only are they converted to go out and convert others, but even if they don't believe in it and feel great in the meantime, now they have information that when they make the decision to change their life because they got that unfortunate diagnostic, which everyone will get it, that diagnosis will come to you. They could at least say, hey, wait a minute, there's another way for me to do this and not just start injecting myself with insulin or taking six to seven different pills. That is what we want to do. I think the first step is is to start giving people the information. Yes. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. And like the thing is, when when I was first diagnosed, there it was two thousand and four, and we didn't. I didn't even own a computer. Um, but now we have such a wealth of resources available. Like you say, there are so many Netflix documentaries. There are so many um, websites, blogs, social media um, profiles. There's so many books and incredible, incredible research that's coming out all the time talking about this. So it's so easy just to provide people with, like you say, bite-sized pieces and just talking about it and raising their awareness about what's possible. So true. So true. I keep a stack of How Not to Die books. And as people come in, I, I give them a copy, tell them to read it. And I'm amazed at how many people will call me and say, I really appreciate the book, one and two. I, I really d- didn't know that. One of the best stories came from my anaconologist who, when she, I gave her the book, she called me late at night and said she, she, she gave it to her mom and get, she's given it to her family members. And she, she says, I've been a doctor all these years and I never knew what was in this book. See, that is so satisfying i think um to hear from your doctor and to say look this is this uh, information's available but so many medical professionals just like her have no idea about this information so it's it's a gift that you've given her that she can now ripple that out to all of her patients which is wonderful great so just your three biggest tips do you have three biggest tips that everyone could go moving forward yes uh, first get the information don't be so excited that you just want to dive in without information. One of the best forms of information is Forks Over Knives Meal Plan. It's an excellent book, gives you meal ideas, recipes, what you should take out of your closet, what you, what you should keep. That is the first step, I believe, to, to get the information wherever you get the information. Uh, sec- second, second, one step at a time. This is a lifestyle change. It's not a diet. It's about how do I unlearn what I learned so I can now truly learn. And you have to do it in a very gradual fashion. Third, try to bring your family into the loop. Even if they don't go all the way, 
start with Meatless Mondays, bring them, get them involved, and show how much you are trying to have them live a healthier lifestyle. I think that if that's a good starting point. And you don't be afraid. Experiment. Try different meals, different things. Pick the mold on what you can eat and what you what you can't eat in the areas of healthy items. Mix them together. You know, I, I mix oatmeal and lentils together. People start off saying, oh, my God, it's terrible. But when you try it, you'll see how good some of these meals are. Be different. Be thoughtful and enjoy life and realize that when you eat something that's bad for you, you regret your meal. When you eat something that's healthy for you, you bless your body with your meal. Uh, thank you so much, Eric. I have absolutely loved speaking to you and I've loved every, I've hung on your every word. So I'm sure that everyone listening will be as well. So thank you. Have a wonderful day. And yes, I'll look, send you all of this when it's out in about two weeks time. Okay. Thank you so much, Eric, for coming on the show. As I said at the beginning, I'm going to say it now, I really loved my one of my favourite takeaways. There was many, many favourite takeaways from our interview and our chat was the your quote, a bend in the road is not the end of the road. And I think that so many people need to hear that message and to understand that just because you might fall off, you might eat the wrong, you know, something that you think is the wrong thing, or you might eat too much oil, you might eat too much salt, or you might have birthday cake at a party. Whatever it is, it isn't the end. It is just a bend. So just keep going. Eventually you will get back on track and it's going to be okay as long as you just keep putting one foot in front of the other. So I love that quote. Thank you so much, Eric, for coming on the show. And check out Eric's show notes for all the information about his work and what he's doing in his community. Well, this episode show notes, um, he's a great man doing great things for for the people that live in his area. And that ripple effect spreads out across you know all of America and 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 to the world. The more people taking action like Eric and just baby step action, you know, not it doesn't have to be huge, but just talking to a neighbor, like you said, hosting a little what the health party or folks over knives party at your house and having some great plant-based food and inviting people around to talk and share and start a, a conversation around health and what, what it means to be eating healthy and the, what is the best diet for the planet, for the animals, for our health, all of those things, just talking about it and starting starting the conversation where people are at, not where you would like them to be, which is another quote from Eric as well. Yeah, it's there's so much we can do, even when we think we can do so little. You know, you might not be the president of Brooklyn Borough in America, but you might have a neighbour that's unwell that you can just just say, you know, what have you ever tried quinoa? <laughs> it might be something as small as that. Or have you ever watched Forks Over Knives or, or or whatever? Or you want to come around to my house and watch Forks Over Knives with me one night? Or it could be that you're going to do a talk at a school or whatever it is to support kids or to support your local community in other ways, doing a plant-based potluck or a meetup in your, in your community at the local church or a hall or a park or playground. Any step is is good. <laughs> Any step is worthwhile and meaningful as long as it's it's kind and loving and coming from a place of generosity and compassion and a desire to 
to you know to to share the many 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 benefits of a whole food plant based diet. Um, for people's health, for the animals and for the planet. So thank you all for listening. Um, if you haven't yet subscribed, you know where to subscribe by now. But it's this podcast comes out twice a week on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. And you can follow my Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, at Corinne Nijja, C-O-R-I-N-N-E, and that's N-I-J-J-E-R, across those platforms to find out more about this podcast, to find out more information about whole food plant-based eating and you can join my Facebook group which is plant-based and thriving and get more information and support there as well if you're wanting to learn more and make the transition to a whole food plant-based diet. I would be so happy to have you and to chat with you if ever you have any questions. So thank you all again for listening and for your support for this podcast. It means the absolute world to me and I will see you next week. Bye. Or this week, actually. (laughs) I will see you next episode. Bye.